My name is Kendra and welcome to my channel. I am a licensed midwife here in the state of Texas and I talk about all things healthy, from eating right and physical exercise to the use of alternative medicines and remedies. Health is all encompassing, which is why I'll also share a lot about mental health and healthy habits. Whether you're a health expert or you're just getting started on the journey to health and wellness, I hope to provide you with information to help you make the best choices for you and your family. As a disclaimer, the topics I discuss are for general information only and not medical advice. This is the second episode in the series, Essential Oil Basics. Today I'm going to be focusing on the second pathway into the body for essential oils, which is inhalation. Now when we talk about inhalation, we're talking about smelling the essential oils in our environment and that causing stimulation of our olfactory nerves in our noses. Similar to the last episode, when I talked about absorption and skin, smell and our olfactory nerves are a very underrated sense of our body. As I was studying for this and learning more about the olfactory nerves and how the essential oils affect our brain, I realized that smell is arguably the most powerful sense. It's linked to memory and emotions. Patrick Seusskind, a German writer, put it this way. Odors have a power of persuasion stronger than that of words, appearances, emotions, or will. The persuasive power of an odor cannot be fended off. It enters us like breath into our lungs. It fills us up, imbues us totally. There is no remedy for it. Now, every day we're processing smells. This is something that we all experience. And these smells affect our mood and our memories. I'm sure this is similar for everybody. You're walking somewhere and a smell hits you and all of a sudden you're brought back to your grandma's house or Christmas or some sort of memory that's linked with that smell. Here are some examples of some smell associations. When we smell bleach, it gives us a sterile feeling like a hospital or a veterinarian. When we smell pine salt, it gives us the aroma of just a fresh and clean house. In fact, this is even something you can experiment with. I've always wanted to take some pine salt and pour it into a bucket of mop water and just set it out, not mopping the floors, and just see if whoever walks in next gets the idea that the house is actually clean. Because I think that so many times I'll smell pine salt and automatically my mind thinks clean house. It's an association that we've made in our brains between pine salt and clean house. When we smell cedar, we think of outdoorsy, maybe camping trip, maybe that brings up memories of you and your family doing an outdoor activity together. When we smell cinnamon or clove, it kind of makes us feel cozy and might remind us of a favorite holiday memory. When we smell wood burning, we also get that really cozy feeling, chilly nights, maybe memories with loved ones. When we smell rain, we get a fresh and clean experience. Rain is one of my personal favorite scents. Now, why does this happen? Why is smell so strongly linked to memory and emotions? The process of smell is so fascinating. So it can either go two ways. It can go into the nose and then to the lungs and to the bloodstream. And we've kind of already covered that in absorption, how it goes through the bloodstream and into the rest of the body. So we're not gonna cover that again here. The other pathway that smell can go is it can go to the nose and stimulate the olfactory nerves, which stimulates the limbic system. Now the limbic system is the part of the brain involved in our behavioral and emotional responses. When the smell stimulates the amygdala and hippocampus part of the limbic system, that affects our memory, our learning, and our emotion. When the smell affects the hypothalamus part of the limbic system, it affects our cortex, which then affects our intellectual processes. 
when the smell affects the pituitary gland in our limbic system. It either affects the adrenal glands and the sexual glands, and that helps with control of aggression and sexual responses. So smell really is such a crucial part in our memory, in our emotions, and all of the things that control our mood. So it's really fascinating to learn about this because we have so much potential in essential oils to help affect our mood for the positive. When I first started researching how smell affects the limbic system, I originally started researching it because of our foster children and wanting to support healthy growth of their brains, support any issues that we were trying to deal with with essential oils. I really want to dedicate a whole podcast episode in the future to how to use essential oils with foster children, but for now I'll give you a couple of examples of how this can work. So the amygdala is important in the analysis of potential threats. So you are faced with a situation and your body has to decide, is this a threatening situation or a non-threatening situation? Especially in the case of people who've experienced trauma in the past, those signals can often get mixed up where a child doesn't know how to respond correctly to a certain situation. Essential oils can help support healthy and proper associations by supporting retraining of those processes. Emotions like fear, anger, depression, anxiety, PTSD, all of those go back to the limbic system. And it's important for us to know how to support the limbic system to do the job that it needs to do. And essential oils can play an important role in that. So how can we use essential oils in our environment so that we have more opportunities to inhale the smell throughout the day? Literally, the easiest way for you to smell essential oils is to take off the cap of your essential oil bottle, stick it in front of your nose, and take a couple really good deep breaths. You can also put a couple drops on your hands, rub them together, cup them around your nose and mouth, and take a couple deep breaths. You can take a cotton ball and just put a couple drops on that and hold it in front of your nose. It's really cheap, really easy. It doesn't have to be complicated. I enjoy making room sprays to spray around the room. You can make body spray, linen sprays. If you use wool dryer balls, you can put a few drops onto the dryer balls and throw them in the dryer and that helps to freshen up your clothes. You can make them into a homemade perfume or you can make them into a facial steam where you put a few drops of essential oils in steaming water, put a towel over your head and inhale the vapors. That's really helpful when you have like a sinus infection to help open up everything and make it easier to breathe. And then the final way, and this is probably the most common way that people use essential oils, is by a diffuser. Now there are several different types of diffusers. When I first started using essential oils, I didn't know that. I thought that there was just one type of diffuser. So I wanna kinda of talk about each one of them and some simple pros and cons to each one. So there's a nebulizing diffuser. This breaks the essential oils into tiny particles. It takes no heat or water, but it is more expensive because what goes into the air is straight essential oil. So even though it does a great job of getting it and dispersing it throughout the whole room, you're just using the essential oil to disperse it and that can get kind of expensive. The next one is probably the most common one and that's the ultrasonic diffuser. You put water into a container and it uses electronic frequencies to disperse the water and the essential oil into the air. Now this does add humidity into the air, so if you live in a really humid part of the world, you might want to reconsider this option. But if you live in a really dry climate, this might be a pro. The third type of diffuser is a heat diffuser. 
and while it's economical and efficient, using heat can break down the essential oils and so you can lose some of the beneficial properties of the essential oils. If you're just wanting it for smell, this is a great option, but if you're wanting all of the different components of the essential oil to disperse into the air, this might not be the best option for you. The fourth type of diffuser is an evaporative diffuser. It's quiet, but all of the properties from the essential oil don't diffuse at the same time. So certain properties might diffuse at the beginning of the evaporation, and some of them might diffuse towards the end of the evaporation. For some recipe ideas and how-to for each of these methods that I've discussed on how to use essential oils environmentally, please check out my Instagram, Kendra Nicole, A Simple Life. And this week, I'm going to really try and focus on posting some different ways that you can use your essential oils in the environment. I will also be posting some easy blends that you can make from your home essentials kit. Even if you don't have the home essentials kit, you might have these individual oils on hand, or you might have a different kit that has some of these oils in it. Also, if you have any questions at all, please don't hesitate to reach out to me on my Instagram. I love talking essential oils with people and talking about the anatomy and physiology behind all of it, which is why I started the podcast in the first place. Whatever platform you're listening through, please check out my other podcast episodes, like, subscribe, share, and be watching for all of my future podcasts. Thanks for joining me today.